Hey there, I'm Kay Bess, and I play Persephone Brimstone in Agents of Mayhem. You're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. You are. That was, that was kind of awkward. Hey guys, this is Kritzia Bajos, and I'm here with Sean on the Horribly Awkward Podcast. He's not that awkward. This is Michael Ray Bauer. I'm a 90s star, but basically I'm a star. And you're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. And it's actually pretty horribly awkward. Hey, this is Hannah Tell, the voice of Max in Life is Strange. And you're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. It's so awkward. Welcome to the podcast. I got my friend Josh here from all the way on the other side of the pond. Let me see if I can get him over here. Hey, Josh. Cheerio. Cheerio, old chap. Hey, what's up, Josh? You, you all right? I'm so all right. <laughs> you all right? So Josh moved over way on the... Where did you move to exactly, Josh? We are just southwest of London in the sunny town of Guildford. Wow. So he's Josh is over there doing his own thing. He's writing books. He's playing video games. He's, uh, he's writing for a video game website. We talk about a lot of stuff. We also talk about uh, kidney pies. And, and are they kidney stones, kidney beans, actual kidneys... And church. Church. Church was brought up. Uh, we didn't talk about yoga, but we did talk about DDR in the arcades back in the day. Which neither of us are good at. Neither. I'm, I've never even tried it, so I'm definitely not good at it. Uh, we, we also talked about what our first video game console was. And, and about how Near Automata should be on everyone's top three list. Dude, it should be. It should be. It should be. So everyone stick around for Josh and his amazing life story. Dun 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 Oi, Norma, give me a horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. That's horrible. I can't even control myself. It's so horribly awkward. This is so awkward. This is horribly awkward. No one off. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Sean, dude, you're horribly awkward. Sean, I know you think this is weird, but it's not as weird as you think it is, dude. Don't do that. It's awkward. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk to me here because I'm an American, so I got, oh, I got really? six months of pent-up conversations ready to have. Oh, shit. Okay, we got to get into that. I, had some, I was going to say something, but I think it might be cool, so I won't, talk, I won't say anything cool. Uh, everybody, welcome to episode uh, 156 of Horribly Awkward. This is Sean. I'm your host every week. You probably know that. But if you don't know that, now you know. If you don't know, now you know. You know. Okay, so um, on this, this is like the worst intro ever. But on this episode of the podcast is uh, my friend who lives all the way, eight hours away, all the way across the pond. Now I'm gonna figure out why he moved over there. We're about to figure that out. But you might know him as an author of some books. I, I don't read, so I don't know the books. I feel really bad saying that. But um, it, they're they're probably really terrible, and uh, he's a he's a podcaster, ex podcaster. He left the podcasting game because it was too challenging for him, so he, so he hid all the way in uh, in the UK. But he he was on, he was the host on uh, the old famous Tangent Break podcast with Ray and Ray J, AJ Ray J, <laughs> with Ray and AJ. Oh, guys. This is a terrible intro. I know. He hasn't Are you the- drunk already? Oh, I'm not drunk. It is 7 a.m., guys. I'm, I'm, you probably heard it in my voice, but everybody welcome Josh Reddy! Yay! 
<laughs> I think that was the worst intro I've ever done. I just wasn't ready. Well, you know, after 155 times, you'd think you'd get better, but it's just been all downhill since episode mm, probably four. Oh, my God. Uh, so last you peaked time, early. I just checked the last time you were on. It was August of 2017. That was, was epi- that f- episode 100. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was a big uh, mess. I was like, okay, it's going to be me. Okay, it's going to be Faye, because Faye was my first podcast we kind of did for the podcast. So I was like, I'll have her. And then Scott Clark, who was my first official number one podcast. for my. Those are like my two. It took two podcasts to get the to, to two episodes to get the podcast going. So like, I'll have them on. I'll have a bunch of people drop in for 10 minutes. And I just couldn't say goodbye to anyone. So it was you, Casey, Alyssa. This is like when I knew Alyssa liked me, but I was afraid. I was just afraid. You know, girls. Yeah. Uh, Not Mark, much has changed. Yeah. Like Mark Cox dropped by. Sissy Jones dropped by. Rain, uh, um, Danielle Rain. It was crazy, man. So what's up? Yeah. I remember getting on and trying to get out after like 15 or 20 minutes and you just like kept not letting me get <laughs> off of the show. Oh, dude. And I wouldn't so... let you go. I didn't want you there anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on, man? You're and a half later. Yeah. Year and a half later, I am. Uh, so you mentioned that I'm uh, an author of some novels. And actually, as we are sitting here right now, I am pressing publish on my third novel. Oh, shit. So what what it, are you writing? What, what, are, what is the series? Is it um, Guinness World Records? Is it, uh, is it like, you know, Stephen King remakes? What's going on? Here? No, none of the above. I'm not I'm not high enough profile to be able to write a Stephen King remake. Uh. Uh, so no, so I've been working on a fantasy series now for about 10 years and actually it's been seven years since I published my second book. I just saw that and that made me really sad. Um, so the third book finally finishes this series off. Um, I have plans and outlines for five more books in the series, but it kind of, uh, the big major story points end in this third book, it's called dreaming of daylight. Uh, the first book is called Twilight of Ages. The second is called Dawn of Darkness, and the third is Dreaming of Daylight. And uh, Wait, yeah, I've been working. Well, what year did that Twilight of uh, Ages come out? Let's see. Was that, that came around, out in 2010. Was that around Twilight? So did you just like rip off Twilight's name? I think it actually landed just before Twilight did. Oh, and so, okay. Uh, okay. I do remember when I actually published it, getting just so many people being like, "So vampires, huh?" And being like, "No, I've had this name picked out for two years since I started the series." Like. You guys all suck. Thanks, Stephanie Meyer, for ruining my life. But yeah, I got—I have both of my books sitting here on my bookshelf. Oh wait, oh those aren't even small books. I was figuring. No, they're not. A little book with ten pictures in it. No, the first book is three hundred and fifty pages. Second, six seventy. Damn, Alyssa should read those. You know, she she reads all the fucking time. She should read them to you as like bedtime stories. It'll put you right to sleep. Uh, I fall asleep. if I lay down in bed, I'm gonna fall asleep. Doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter how entertaining I'm, what the stuff I'm doing. I can't even play a video game in bed. I can't watch a show in bed. I fall asleep. Yeah, bed is only two things should happen in bed. Yeah, video games and sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but sleep always happens first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the best laid plans. 
But yeah, so I've been working on this one. I've been editing it basically for you. I've had it done for about two years, and I've just been editing and editing and editing and editing. And so finally, when kind of the new year turned, I finally just said, all right, I need to have this book done because it's stopping me from writing other stories. So I have two other novels finished that I just need to kind of tweak and edit. But I've just been so hung up on Dreaming of Daylight that it's just it hasn't let me explore new endeavors and avenues. And so I finally just said enough is enough. Let's get this thing out of here. Uh, how much, when you, when you go to write a book, like do you have like a spreadsheet of all your ideas and you kind of work off that or is it all in your head? I mean, I'm um, so, so I do have a wiki um, for my big series. So my big series is called the heart quest saga. Um, and that's a, it's a reference to an artifact in my story is called the heart of fires. Um, I guess let me explain what the books are about. Um, so the books are, it's a fantasy series and it follows three point of view characters. Um, the kind of crux of the series is there are these seven men who can use magic in a world where it hasn't been seen in a thousand years. And so everybody kind of freaks out when it happens. And there's all sorts of kind of political intrigue as people try to manipulate them for their own gains, but they have their own agenda. And so uh, the three point of view characters, one of them is one of these seven men. His name is Aram, and he's the eldest of these seven brothers. And he is uh, kind of a... Uh, kind of a aloof figure. He uh, he lost his wife and daughter um, before the story began, and so um, that's kind of his driving kind of forces. This loss that has kind of propelled him to go along with the rest of his brothers on this quest. Um, the second point of view character is a guy named Galeriel, who is a part of a race called the Skyguard, which are um, kind of angelic figures. They live in these cathedrals on top of mountains and. Uh, he uncovers a plot to basically overthrow the Sky Guard at the start of Twilight of Ages. And in his in the second chapter of his story, he gets his wings cut off. And so his story is one of basically a trauma survivor trying to figure out who he is when this essential part of his identity has been stolen from him. And kind of he goes through a, a really long journey of depression and um, kind of almost he tries to commit suicide at one point and he just he doesn't know who and what he is and he has to build himself back up from basically nothing over the course of the three books and then the third point of view character is uh, the princess of humanity and her name is Tendra is and she, hot? she is hot? Uh, actually weirdly enough I have no idea what she looks like oh my god really you don't even know what your character looks like it, of my three characters I don't know what any of them look what like what does she look like the princess of what of humanity. So princess her father, no, like, she's a princess of humanity. She's probably like passable, attractive, but yeah, she's like yeah. sleeping beauty. Uh, she's not quite like bell level, but so like sleeping beauty, I would say in terms of Disney princess, she's like the Kristen Stewart of like, acting, <laughs> right? she's passable, but you know, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't think about that, but yeah. And so, um, uh, Basically, her father sends her to go and kind of investigate what's going on with these seven men. And so uh, her story is a lot of kind of political intrigue and dealing with trying to deal with this new balance of power that has suddenly erupted in the world as it kind of slowly crumbles into war. And so uh, Dreaming of Daylight is kind of the culmination of this. And so the characters are scattered across the world. And so it's a lot of moving chess pieces around. And so uh, I guess coming back to the question you asked is if I have a big Excel spreadsheet. Um, I do have a few things. So I have a timeline um, of 
when characters are at what points that way i know when they come and intersect like how long each journey has taken and so that kind of provides a temporal continuity uh, i have a big sheet that tells me how long it takes to get from any points on the map to another point so if somebody's traveling from the city of midway to the city of Kingsports, then you know that takes three days by horseback or if it's skyguard traveling then obviously they can fly so they don't have to follow the roads so they can travel in a shorter amount of time or to go by ship from one city to another versus by horse and so in that way i can kind of make sure that everything is happening on the same time scale uh, which is kind of a really i would say kind of underrated but important aspect of it um something that kind of really i think came to people's uh, minds during this last couple seasons of game of thrones which was you know people are moving so fast across the world and you know it took people an entire season to get from you know pentos to essos and yet you know here varus is going from westeros to uh across the narrow sea and back in an episode and so oh, in the, in the um, newest ep season I, I love that i liked it was moving fast i was so entertained by this last season i know a lot of people didn't like it compared but i loved the speed of it i loved it I actually, I liked the final season. Um, there were definitely some, some things that I didn't love, um, which I think goes true for anybody. I really wish that John would have been eaten. That Drogon would have just eaten John. <laughs> uh, I guess spoilers for, for Game spoiler. of Thrones. Oh, so he didn't get eaten. That's a spoiler, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, the ending was much happier than I thought it was going to be, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I have, I have an outline that I typically will start off with. Um, typically what I have are, I treat a, a story like a, it's a rubber band. So I generally know where certain specific points are that I want the characters to hit cool moments or character beats or, um, specific interactions that I want to have. And I treat those like fixed points in the rubber band. And then everything in between is stretchable. So they can go off and do their own thing. And eventually I know that I will loop them back to this point, but where they go is of their own accord. And so just as I write, I kind of build their story out and it gives me flexibility to let the characters find themselves and let me better understand who the characters are. Um, so I try to not necessarily stick really closely to the outline, but when I come back to it, I like to look and say, okay, I'm hitting what I want to, but okay, this doesn't really fit based on the characters, the choices the characters are making, not the choices that I'm making for the characters, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, but you're thinking about like, you want this character to do this. Do you ever get to that point? And then you're like, oh, this kind of doesn't work. So I got to rewrite a bunch. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in this third book, uh, there's kind of a big scene that happens that originally one character was going to make a choice. And as I wrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it, trying to fit this choice into the character who he had become, I just couldn't make that square fit peg fit that round hole. So I ended up having another character make the choice and it change the course of the Does rest of the novel mind? you're like oh well, I, I didn't see that twist coming it really did and actually to the point that <laughs> nice, like nice. i said i've been working on this story now for seven years and two days ago i finally i cracked a problem that i've had with my story since you know 2014 wow of of the very very this third to last chapter it was a chapter that i didn't like but i didn't have anything better for it and three days ago i cracked it and I think that's given me the confidence to press publish on it. Is that a hard thing to do? I just like, this is it. I'm going to push the button. 
you know, like it's got. Like, it is the hardest because as I mean, I, I'm the same way. I'm an artist in different ways. Podcast being one of them. Like when I used to do the improv scenes and edit all those sound effects in and shit, and like it's like I could do one more thing. And you just sit there for a while and you're like, I, I gotta call it. I gotta call it. I'm just spinning way too long on this. You know, same thing with art. Like you could, I could draw something. I could add a shadow right here or anything. It's like you, you never feel like it's finished. You just gotta call when you. You gotta trust your gut and just go. I'm calling it done, done. Well, and at some point you just have to say. I am not going to make this. I can definitely make this better, but it is not worth it to me to do so. At some point, I look at this and I say, I have three more story ideas in my head that are begging for me to write them. Oh, yeah. And I can spend, you know, 90% of the time is spent on the last 10% of the book. And so it, it becomes kind of an, an asymptotic limit if you have any mathematicians listening. Wow. Uh, I've never heard that word before. <laughs> Honestly, I never heard that word before. Um, it's basically like it approaches a cliff face. Okay. And so, you know, I can keep running and trying to jump higher and higher up that cliff, but it takes more and more effort to get that last couple inches to go higher and higher and higher. And so at some point you just have to say, this book will never be finished, but it's going to be published. (laughs) And yeah, it's it's like a super smart dude right now. I'm impressed. Well, I do. I am getting my PhD in physics. All that time in London, man. You're over there doing your thing and getting smarter. And I'm just over here, and we're over here in the United States, going, "Oh, we should uh, uh, illegalize abortions, and we should uh, legalize weeds, and uh, CBD is bad too." It's just, man, it's it's, it's horseshit. Wait, yeah. you're not pro weed legalization? No, I'm I'm not against or okay. Just to clarify this, I'm not against. Or for any of those things. Well, actually, I, I'm totally pro weed. The abortion thing. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave that out there. I, I'm not for or against it. I don't see that doesn't involve me. I, I think shit. no one has a better grasp of the intricacies of the pro and anti-abortion debate than two men. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly that <laughs> who don't have me, kids. I never thought about it. I don't care. Leave me out of that conversation. Weed. I'm totally for it. Since it became legal, I tried it like three or four times, and it's a bad thing every time it's the worst thing in my life ever i just want to die at the time so i just called nah, i'm it's not for me i tried it it's not for me man i want it to be but it's not but do you know yeah i've 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 never tried it and i'm not particularly like if i want a, something to make me be lazy and tired then i'll just go to sleep my job does my job does that well enough on its own I well, don't when need. i was younger it was it was it was more of it spawned way more creativity when i was like you know in my early 20s but now it's just like oh dude it just makes me think of all the shit like all these it's, it's bad. It just opens up a, a wormhole of things that I should have done, could have done differently. All, it's just bad. All bad. So, so you talk about sparking creativity, and I'm going to say something that not a lot of people know about me, okay. is that the place that I can go to always spark me being creative is church. Really? Yeah, because when you go to church... I don't know. I don't know if you have ever been to church. or uh, I spent a what, lot but... of years in church when I first got clean years ago, and I did okay. a lot. I was three days. I spent three days there a week, basically for four years. Okay. Well, yeah. So when you're in church, there is a single thing happening, and that is so rare to happen 
in today's world. Like mm-hmm. there's always multiple things going on. Either, you're, you know, you're listening to music or you're working or you have a podcast going or you have a show going or like you're just always just bombarded with so many things at once and so many options at once. Like, but when you're in church, you don't have any option other than to, there's just, there's one thing happening. It's just what the priest is saying. I'm Catholic. So it's what the priest is saying. And so that kind of just clarity and just slow down and here's your one thing. Like that just, it just gives me so much like inner, I guess peace is maybe kind of not the exact right word, but just kind of clarity of thought. Yeah. That when I walk out of church, I'm always just like, man, I feel so energized to just go and create. And I just, it's a wonderful thing. Wow. Go to, go to church, kids. Go to, go to church. You'll never hear that again on a horribly awkward podcast. And I don't mean that to be rude, but you probably, no one else is probably going to come on and tell people to go to church. That's awesome. That's the most awkward thing I've probably said on your podcast. Nah, <laughs> Told, no. Did an advertisement for church. You know how many people go to church? A lot of people go to church. Probably more people go to church than do any other thing in the world. So, Do you think more people on, who listen to your show go to church than don't go to church? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I have no idea, to be honest. I, you know, a lot of people just pray from home, which is just as valuable, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, do we want to get into religion? Is no, that, let's, is not, let's, not okay. go, let's not go down the religion thing. <laughs> we went from abortion to religion real quick. Real quick! Jeez, like a Drake song. So, so what, what's up with you? Why haven't you been podcasting consistently? Is it the job? Is it the girlfriend? Is it's, it, uh, it's probably the girlfriend. Mm, uh, all right, like, good. I can blame her then. It's more like all my focus was on podcasting before, and it was like that was it became it became like a job for me. And it was like that was my everything was there, right? And I and something came along that broke that. Now I have like I put a lot of energy into the relationship, and you know, I just the energy it takes to to constantly. I mean, you guys know you did on a tangent break a little bit, but to constantly find people every week. It's 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 a lot, dude. Yeah, it's so much. You got to always be looking, always be hitting people up. You know, I, I'm not a good guy with rejection, so you got to take that rejection when people can't do podcasts, and that sucks. And it's like, so is know. that why you reached out to me? Because you know, I'll never turn you down. No, I reached out to you because we haven't talked in a while, man. I'm just like, you know what, dude? You gotta you gotta get on the podcast. Maybe we should get Amanda on the podcast at some point. Yeah, where's Amanda? At? I, she's in the other room. She's watching Gilmore Girls. <laughs> ah. Great show, by the way. Uh, so earlier you were talking about m- moving over to uh, London, and they don't want to talk to you because you're an American, right? Is that is that real, or are you just playing? No, that's just me playing. Oh, I was uh, going to say because it's the opposite do... when somebody's here. Like, right when somebody comes to America with the, with the, with the accent, with the with a British accent, it's like you love them automatically. You're like, oh, your accent is so cool. I was wondering if you get that same thing over there. Like, oh, you're American, or is there a lot of Americans everywhere? We get the oh, you're American. What do you think about Trump? Really? We get that. That's that, that's that the like immediate right reaction. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody wants to know what we think of Trump. Dude, it's like uh, we're we are like a uh, reality show for the rest of the world right now. I mean, see, the nice thing is that at this point in history, the UK government doesn't really can't really uh, throw stones from their glass house at America. So whenever somebody's like, oh, what do you think about Trump? I say, oh, what do you think about Theresa May and Brexit? And then we both just turn and walk awkwardly in the in opposite directions. I don't know anything about that stuff, to be honest. Uh, it's it's a mess. You don't want to know. American wow. politics is is 
dirty enough as it is. You don't need to get into UK politics too. But no, actually, people in the UK are super nice. Um, the UK, well, okay. There's some definite differences being in the UK versus America. One of those things is personal space. Uh, so everything here is condensed compared to America. The roads are tiny. The cars are t- Yes, everything's smaller. So when you're just walking around places, the sidewalks are too, super tiny. And so people just like walk very close to each other. Or when you're at the grocery store, you're like, oh, you know, what kind of cheese do I want? And somebody will just walk and put their hand like right by your face to pick up something in the aisle. Uh, and it's just like, whoa, yeah. I'm standing here. Uh, but for the most part, people in the UK are very nice. Um, but I honestly, I think Americans are nicer. Like, really? Yeah, I every time I see somebody, I'm like, "Hey, how like how's it going?" Or here, instead of saying "What's up," they say, "You all right?" Uh, which all to right. an American, yeah. So you you answer the phone, you say, "Hey, you all right?" Wow. Which that's a really like in America, if somebody goes, "You all right?" Yeah, it means you look concerned. terrible. Yeah. yeah, something is wrong. But that's just their version of "What's up." As that took a little, little getting used to. That that uh, is weird. Yeah. So. You all right. You all right. Hey, Josh. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. You? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> I all right. Yeah, exactly. And so, and I say that to everybody. Anytime I see anybody I know, hey man, you all right? But like, small that kind of small talk of just saying like, how, how are you doing every day? Like that's just not part of the culture here. Um, they don't really care. In other words, they don't really care if you're all right or not. They just want to continue about their day. That's a joke. <laughs> people care. Um, so but no, like people in the UK are, they're just like us, like, except they don't like freedom as much. Wow. So they're not eating horses and shit and cats for dinner. It's not like crazy like that. No, but they do eat pies a lot and everything is a pudding. All desserts are puddings. Really? That yeah, so awesome and then also kind of boring. Well, no. So they'll hand you, you know, a cake and say, do you want a pudding? Or they'll hand you cheesecake or ice cream and all of those oh, are puddings. Oh, they're considered puddings? They're considered puddings, but they're what we're, we consider a cheesecake, right? Right, correct. Okay. So pudding is kind of their word for dessert, but only in certain circumstances. Um, for instance, black pudding is not a pudding at all. It is a sausage. Uh, Yorkshire pudding is also not a pudding. Uh, that is a flaky crusted breakfast food. Um, so the, the rules are very inconsistent, which flaky I do not appreciate. Breakfast food it sounds so good right now. <laughs> Pies. Pies are not like we would think of like an apple pie or a savory yeah. or a sweet thing. A pie is uh, like a shepherd's pie, but that's all pies. So they'll put like ale and red wine in a pie. Oh. Or kidneys in a pie. You can have kidney pie. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Have you tried it? I've not done the, the steak and kidney pie, no. Steak but I have had a few kidney. different. Okay, that's different. I was thinking of yeah. like a, a bean pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I kidneys, I not kidney beans. You mean kidneys? Actual kidneys? I think it's actual kidneys. Yeah. Or at least I always thought it was actual kidneys, but now that you said it, maybe it is kidney beans. Oh, okay. That's what I picture. Well, now I'm, now I'm going to ask one of my UK friends next time I see them. Wow. That, that's interesting. It's, it's just the little things is, is weird, right? Where did where, you live before? Uh, we were in Colorado. So you're in Colorado. So have you ever been in New York? Yes. New York, to me, when you're talking about that and picturing New York in my head, everything's like real tight. Like 
I understand the cars aren't smaller, but when you're walking down streets, there's like a lot of people and, and it feels like you look up and you're like, oh, like in between these buildings. And it doesn't have that kind of claustrophobia, though. I mean, so the town that we live in is fairly small. Um, but definitely like when you go into London, it feels just like New York. It's, you know, sprawling, but it also feels much older than New York, which makes sense because London's mm-hmm. from, you know, centuries and centuries ago, as opposed to New York, which is only a couple hundred years old. Um, I'm pretty sure my house that I live in is as old as America. Wow. Like it's been refurbished several times, but like everything here is so old, like in a interesting way to us, but British people don't think that old things are interesting. They're just uh, like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, downtown, we have a, a castle in our downtown area. It's just normal. Yeah. And we're just like, we should go check out the castle. And there was just like, why? It's right there. It's just, a, it's just a bunch of, yeah, it's a bunch of brick. They're like, yeah, but that castle's older than my country. And they're like, oh, yeah, you guys are children across the pond. That's cool, And we man. say, yeah, but we own the world, so. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, I, w- I would love to visit there. I mean, that would be such a cool thing. And you're just like, I'm living over there. I mean, what made you move over there? I'm curious. Um, so I am getting my PhD in physics. Um, my specialty is, uh, material science. And so I'm working on solar cell materials and basically shooting them with lasers and seeing the reactions that occur. Oh my God. It sounds like so much fun. (laughs) I'll send you some pictures of my lab. It's pretty dope. Dude, that sounds like fun. Like, well, come visit me and you can shoot lasers at stuff. I can shoot lasers? Yeah. You have this little portable laser you bring around. Cut through a no. wall. I don't want to go through the store. I'll cut through the handle. <laughs> Our lasers can't set stuff on fire, though, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so uh, about, oh, man, almost two years ago now, I started looking at PhD programs. So I have my, my bachelor's in astrophysics, my master's in applied physics, and then I've worked as a researcher for several years. And so I started looking into PhD programs and basically came down to two schools. So the school that I'm at right now and the University of Central Florida, uh, which is in Orlando. And uh, really, it just kind of came down to a couple things. One was that uh, my wife, Amanda, she wanted to get her PhD in English. She has a master's and she's taught at uh, some universities in the States. And she wanted to get her PhD because she wants to be a full professor. And so I was looking for schools that had English programs or schools that had that were nearby that had English PhD programs, which Central Florida did not. So that was kind of a knock against it. And the other thing was just that being in the UK allows for so many cool opportunities uh, in terms of travel and um, kind of meeting international contacts and building business relationships. And so um, even though the program itself at University of Central Florida was more prestigious, um, it was just too good of an opportunity to pass up to come to the UK. And so we arrived in September of last year, and um, it took a while for us to kind of adjust to it. It still kind of feels like we're on just a really long vacation, and eventually we're going to come home, come home. Right. but it's starting to feel more and more like home, I guess, every day. And it's, I think it really started to feel like home when we got a dog. We got a dog in December. Once you got a dog, and so, that's it, huh? That's home. Yeah. <laughs> At least he thinks it is, and so therefore it is. Um, but yeah, so we're here for three years. And so far, we've been to Ireland. And actually, tomorrow morning, we leave to go back to Ireland. Wow. Uh, to AJ. Uh, got married. And so uh, we're meeting him in Ireland there for their honeymoon. Well, AJ's in uh, Ireland getting married? Uh, no, he, they got married um, last summer, and they're just now going on their honeymoon. To so Ireland? they did a wow. they did a Caribbean cruise, and now they're going to Ireland. 
How, how are those guys doing? How's Ray and AJ? I mean, I haven't really, you know, neither one of them are on. I never see them on, like, social media, so. Yeah, actually, AJ just started tweeting from the Tangent Break account not too long ago, because oh. I don't know why, but he just decided he wanted to start doing that. Um, and Ray hates social media, so uh, yeah. Ray is married, too. He's down in Florida. We went to his wedding, which is really nice, in Pennsylvania. Uh, and then AJ, he is in New Mexico and, uh, they got married him and Caitlin. So all the girls that were all the girlfriends that were on the tangent break podcast way back in the day, we all got married to those girls. Wow. So we didn't turn them off too much. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been great. We, uh, I actually officiated AJ and Caitlin's wedding. Um, and so, yeah, I've done two weddings now. What? Yeah. Dude. What what is going on with you, man? You need to slow down a little bit. I just I, I have too many hobbies, too many interests, <laughs> and I have too many friends who don't know anyone who's more religious than I am, and so so I get drafted. Yeah, I know you are all buttoned up right here. You get you you're all why are you dressed up like that? You're all buttoned up, you know. You got the collar. Like, are you practicing for something? Well, it's Sunday, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's the Lord's Day. It is Sunday. Did you go to church today? Uh, no, I'm going to church out to read podcast. Oh. So we took Chief, our dog, to the kennel. Um, so we took him there this morning um, because we're going to Ireland for a couple of days. So we dropped him off, and then we'll go later today. Are you going to, what time is that? I mean, you guys do later afternoon churches? Yeah, it's at 6. So wow. we got plenty of time. Wow. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, so things have been good. Um, it'll be really good to see them. We're going to go to Dublin, and then we're going to Cork, and then they're coming back to the UK, and we're going to spend a couple of days down in London. Um, and so it'll be our second time in Ireland. We've also been to Belgium and Italy so far. Jesus Christ, are you rich? How are you doing all this, man? Dude, a flight from uh, here to Italy was $35. What? Yeah, flights are dirt cheap if you look at the right times. $35. Yeah. Oh, my God. Each way. Jesus Christ. I shouldn't even say that. I felt, I felt guilty when I said that. <laughs> I, I absolve you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I felt guilty. Josh, you're making me feel guilty. I can't feel guilty in my own podcast. What's going on? That's cool, man. Hey, if I if I can't make you feel awkward, I'll take guilty. Okay, guilty's good. Good week. Guilty's an awkward feeling, though. You know, horribly guilty. Horribly. Doesn't have quite the same ring to it. No, that I sound I sound like Ted Bundy or something. <laughs> horribly guilty. Cheat. Have you? Uh, what have, What have you been doing lately, media wise? Video games, movies, shows, anything you into? Yeah. So Gilmore I. Girls? Uh, yeah, Gilmore. It's a great show. <laughs> Very snappy dialogue. I've never seen it. Uh, you'd like it. I probably would. Um, so I got Amanda into Destiny. So we play Destiny together. Ah, nice. Um, and my brother's deployed, and so we play Destiny with him. And so that's been really cool just to kind of hang out as kind of family time. And then uh, I've been playing Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Oh, yeah. That... Um, which should be called Sekiro, uh, Josh Dies 5,000 Times. Yeah, those games are frustrating, man. I'm not. I played, I played a bunch of the Souls. Like I played Dark Souls. I've played um, what's that other one? Neo. I played Bloodborne. Bloodborne. I played the uh, the Fallen something. The other one that's like oh man, Lords of the Fallen. Lords of the Fallen. And that I, game and was I, bad. I like them kind of at first, but then I'm like, this is too much, and I get angry, and I just don't play them again. There's a new one coming out. I just got into the playtest, 
and it's called um, a Code Vein. So imagine, <laughs> oh, I heard imagine the Dark Souls shit that you know, the Dark yeah. Souls stuff, but it's more anime. So it's got oh, an anime look to worse. it. No, it's just got an, just a beautiful look to it. And the character creator is fucking awesome, man. I was like, Alyssa was sitting here and I'm like making a character. I'm like, I can spend three hours right now just building a character because all the outfits, the hair, everything is awesome, man. And I think this might be the, the one for me to get into. It, what's it on? It's on everything. everything. I just played it on okay. Xbox, but it's on, I believe it'll be on everything besides the Switch, probably. All right, I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, that, uh, it's, it's not out yet. It, I don't think there's even a release date, so I think it's sometime. This ooh, year, look at well, see, that's the other thing is uh, I'm not only writing my novels, but I'm also writing for a video game website. Oh, what? Wait, is this new? Uh, fairly new. I've been doing it now for maybe three months or so. Okay, what's that? Uh, yeah, so I write for a website called lordsofgaming.net. That's right. You told me about this. Or did I see it on your Facebook? I know um, Probably all of the above. Okay. Uh, so, oh, man, now, probably four years ago. 2019, yeah, I think four years ago, uh, I went to Xbox Fan Fest, which was a, uh, which Microsoft's done every year. It's kind of their E3 celebration, and uh, met a guy named Barry Eversley, uh, who goes by Lord Cognito online, and we just kind of kept in touch ever since then. And he's been doing a podcast called the Iron Lords Podcast. They've been doing it for like 200 episodes now, uh, and he does a Destiny show called um, The Last Word, and. He basically decided, him and like the group of guys that have been working this decided that they wanted to launch a site. And so uh, he hit me up because he knew I did writing. And so I produced a lot of Destiny content for the site and um, some kind of other editorial stuff. I did uh, an Anthem review for them. I did some Sekiro Shadows oh, Die Twice went? content. How'd you like Anthem? Uh, kind of I was playing, really huh? bummed out by Anthem. Um, it's... The gameplay itself was fun, yeah. but I felt like it was too repetitive. Um, and like, I didn't feel like I had enough. <sighs> there just wasn't enough of anything n- interesting in the world. Um, you played Anthem, right? I played, I got that um, EA trial thing and I played about five hours of it, maybe. Okay. There's like, so I played through the whole campaign, played a bunch of free play, and there was only one moment in my probably, I think I played like 35 hours of it, that I was like, whoa, this is awesome. There was one moment, and it's where uh, one of the quest givers at the strong, or not the stronghold, one of the quest givers at the base, he gives you a quest, and when you come back, the artifact that you bring him caused him to split into three people. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. And I was like, whoa, that was really unexpected. Did not see that coming. This is really interesting. And that was the only cool that thing it, that yeah. happened in that entire and story. You spent yeah. 35 hours. It kind of sucks when you play a game. But you're like, why am I playing this? I think I like it. You know, and then 35 well, hours I, mean, I just, I love Bioware so much. I know me And too. they were they were just so influential for like me as a storyteller and like in my gaming career, like I played everything they put out from KOTOR till now, except I didn't play Dragon Age three for some reason. Dragon Age um, Inquisition was pretty good. I like yeah. That. Uh, I played all of Andromeda even. I, well, I liked Andromeda. I'm one of the guys who liked it a lot. Uh, so. mm. I didn't like the first 20 hours, but then something snapped and I just got into it. I just got into it. Man. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, so it just, 
it makes you sad. It makes you sad to see what Bioware has kind of become, and that's kind of a studio that is kind of just lackluster. Well, and so, do you blame that on? I think you gotta blame that on the whole industry, though, because everyone's going that way of games as a service rather than spending all their time and money on single player games. Right, but Anthem did spend the money on the single player part of its game as a service, and the production values were through the roof. Yeah. But the story itself was just flat. I don't. I don't even know. Like, what are what are the shapers doing? What is the anthem of creation? How do you harness it? It's like, I don't know who is, who are the. Uh, I don't remember what the bad guy's name was. Uh, the generic faceless villain in the costume. Like, <laughs> I. <laughs> they made Saren, and they made the elusive man, and. They made Revan and Malak. And I remember all of these people's names because they were awesome. Yeah. And yet, I don't remember the name of... Or the Archon was the name of the guy, I think, in Andromeda, who was the villain. But it's just... There's just nothing to them. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It kind of bums me out. Um, like, I don't mind games as a service. Obviously, I'm a huge Destiny fan. I put... 400 hours into destiny yeah but sometimes and so you want that but sometimes you just want a meaty rpg where it's not connected to any outside world you just want to play it man the way you want to play it right yeah no i totally i mean those are my bread and butter like that's most of what i play like god of war last year was god an absolutely was incredible amazing. experience yeah probably my favorite experience last year um yeah that was definitely my game of the year last year so I don't know. Um, like I was looking at the release calendar, and I don't know what I'm excited about in terms of gaming for the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got. What, did you play Wolfenstein too? I didn't, but weirdly enough, I had Giant Bombs 2017 uh, Game of the Year, one of their podcasts on my oh, yeah, feed, where they, where they did the the best moments of that game. Yeah, and. I had like paused it there and was like, okay, like I just want to clear this out of my queue. So I'll just listen to it because I have a problem deleting things. Uh, <laughs> if they're unfinished, Let's start, I was like, this game sounds amazing. Oh, and amazing. so now I want to go and play the first two Wolfensteins. Yeah. First one game is okay, but the second one is outstanding. That was, it's just one. Can of I skip, can I skip the first one? Yeah. I, you know, I don't remember. Or should anything, I skip the first one? I don't remember anything from the first one. Okay. Uh, so I'd say maybe, but the second one is, is like supreme. It's really, really good. And it's just, it's got like those moments where you're like, oh my God, this is happening. This is amazing. So I'd say it's. I take it. that back. Doom Eternal. I'm psyched for Doom Eternal because Doom okay. was awesome. Yeah. Do, do, I didn't finish Doom. I rented it from Redbox and then I got halfway. Something happened and it, I was like, oh, I can't spend the money renting this game if I can't play it for a couple of days. And I returned it and just never finished it. And I don't know, mm, see, I don't know why. It's like the gameplay is so tight and so focused. It was just, it was an excellent experience. Yeah, that's I really, what Rage has right now. But Rage is kind of on the weaker side of anything. But the gameplay yeah. is like very Doom esque. Rage 2. Hmm. Yeah, I just struggle with open world games. Like I have Horizon Zero Dawn still like three quarters of the way done because like I want to explore everything, but the game, I feel like so many open world games don't reward my time for exploring everything. Oh, and oh it's like horizon does <laughs> horizon does. Because if you, if you go and do those challenges, if you go to do those challenges, you get some weapons that you can't otherwise get some really okay. awesome weapons. 
And, the and I, I like. It ends good. The story's really good. Okay. Is that Alyssa? Hi, Alyssa. Alyssa, hi. Hey. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I want to go back and finish Horizon at some point, too. That's like been on my pile of shame. But the, other, <laughs> the weird thing is, like, I've been reading a lot, which maybe won't get me get me far with you. Um, but I've been really enjoying reading. Dude, I recently. wish I could. No, the thing when I say I don't read stuff is because my I can't focus. I literally can't focus. It's go to church. I want to? I would Re- read in a church. Dude, I used to do Bible studies, and I just I'm not a good reader, man. I just I'm so bad at reading. And when I had to read in front of people, to, like we'd go around a circle. I, oh, I guess the worst thing ever. And I'd still do it because I realized the people around me were loving and not judgmental. You know, like they don't care if you suck at reading. So, yeah, but I just I'm really bad at focusing. I look at the words and I read them, but I but I just don't I don't soak any of the information in. I'm just just getting through the words. Do you do audiobooks? I that, I can't do audiobooks. See, I get I can't soak up audiobooks, but I can um, soak up real books. I only did one audiobook ever, and that was uh, Ready Player One because I heard it was amazing, and I actually I liked the movie a lot. So there were sections I really liked, but. I would do it when I was working, and I would zone out sometimes and just go. Right. I just missed twenty minutes of this whole book because I was thinking about something. My brain went somewhere else, so I'd rewind it. Yeah, reading. Reading is like baseball, and the reason why I say that is that if you want to get to the end of a baseball game, you the players have to get three outs. Like, there's no time limit. Like actual effort has to happen to progress the game forward and the same is with you know uh a book like you as the reader have to put the work in to progress it forwards it's like a football game or a basketball game where you have a timer and eventually it'll run out like on a tv show like you can just put a tv show on and it'll get to the end whether you watch it or not it'll get there but with a book it takes effort and like I don't know. It's one of those. It's like it's like what I said about church. Like having the singular focus. Like mm-hmm. reading a book. I can't listen to music and read a book. I'll, I'll get nothing out of it. Oh, no, I can't listen no. to a podcast. Of course not. Like I have to sit and read, and reading is the only thing that I'm doing there. Yeah. And so I think I think I kind of crave those experiences that are like that demand all of my attention, because so many things don't. Um, like, I feel like it's really easy when I'm watching a show to, you know, when I'm watching something on Netflix to pick up my phone. But I don't do that when I'm writing or when I'm reading and or, you know. Mm, I don't see. I just don't have the focus, man. I've never been able to do it. I wish I could. I just I don't. I don't. Uh. You say as you scroll through Twitter while talking to me. <laughs> I, haven't scroll, I haven't scrolled through Twitter. I try not to do that on a podcast. I'll get it carried away. Focus, man. You're focusing right now. I'm proud of you. Kind of. A little bit. My brain goes places, though. My, my brain <laughs> goes all there. But, like, you're here. I got my headphones in, so I hear you through both ears, so I can't really do too much other thinking. But trust me, I'm starting. I'm thinking about video games. Ah, oh, I could be playing a Plague Tale. Have you played a Plague Tale? No, but I've heard really good things about it. I haven't played it, but Alyssa, she reviewed it, and I watched her play a couple hours of it. Um, she was reviewing it when I was away at work during the day, but... It looks really awesome, man. It's nice. It's, it's got that very stealthy. It's got a, a really cool story. I'm hearing it's like a really, really good story. She gave it a 10 out of 10, so I'm pretty sure it's really good. What else has she given a 10 out of 10? Not a lot of stuff. Hey, listen, what other games have you given a 10 out of 10? She said, oh. King, Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 was awesome. 
Uh, yeah, what, uh, what, what, yeah, did you give a lot of 10 out of 10s? No. No, so, see. Uh, Mass Effect 2 is one, the 2013 Tomb Raider, um, the first Bioshock. Wow, that's a really, uh, that's a a prestigious group. That's a, that's a tenor list, see, see, just throw 10 out of 10s out there. All right, so I might have to pick up a playtale. It was really good, yeah. She's talking about stories and stuff, and I'm saying... uh, Oh, the story is super heartbreaking. You can lean in if you want. Want to say hi, Josh? Hi, Josh. Hi, Alyssa. Okay. It's a a heartbreaking story. I actually don't know what the story is. I assume it has to do with a a plague. Uh, Yeah, there is a plague. There's a bunch of rats. But, I mean, yeah, it's really tough. <laughs> ten, out, 10 out of 10 for the rats. <laughs> <laughs> They're one of the enemies. There's two different kinds of enemies in the game. Not a huge variety, but, I mean, with the story, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're, you're not there for the combat, I assume? Not really. I mean, most of the game, you're stealthing. You can choose to be a little... I don't, I don't know what the word... Aggressive? Say, yeah, aggressive. I was going to be, like, combat but that's not a word. combat <laughs> I like that. Um, but a lot of it, you have to stealth. You can, some instances, be com- combat but it makes it more difficult. And I don't know if it actually has multiple endings or not. I read somewhere it did. I'm not sure. <laughs> I did get a little aggressive when I got frustrated with the stealth a couple times. But, I mean... You can stealth the whole game if you want to. Cool. I like stealth. Uh, when I saw that they were teasing a new Splinter Cell, I got really excited because I like stealth games. Yeah, I've never played a Splinter Cell. I need to, though. Ooh. Splinter Cell's great. Chaos Theory is... Well, at least it was. I don't know if it still is fantastic, but Chaos Theory is one of my all-time favorite games. That was the third one back on the original Xbox. Okay. So... Cool. Sorry, I will let you get back to your day. You obviously had things to do besides talk to Sean. No, i Oh, See, we're just ah, playing. yeah. But I'll let Sean get back to his podcast. Stop hijacking it. Bye. Nice to talk to you. See ya. Bye. Yeah, Alyssa coming here showing boobies. I didn't mean to. Boobies. I'm not but yeah, so so I've been enjoying reading. <laughs> Reading's nice. Getting back on subjects, and then we've been playing a lot of board games. We're big into board games now. Oh, that's fun. So, yeah, we uh, there's a board game shop not too far from where we live, and so we have just our board game collection has kind of exploded. Um, you get into those like, super complicated board games where it's like super heavy and story based. It got all those pieces to it that look scary when from an outsider like me. We have a couple of those. Um, the hard part. So we try to find games that you could play with two people, but also play with more because most of the time it's just Amanda and I playing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that kind of limits us in some cases, but it also enables us to kind of test out a bunch of things before we play with other people. And so, uh, most recently, we got a game called Azul, uh, which is a game about. Do you play board games? No, but I've heard that name. Yeah, sure. so Azul is like a, you're building um, kind of a mosaic. Uh, and so, it's a really pretty art style, and we like that quite a bit. And then there's another game called Takenoko that we just got which is uh, about um, building a bamboo garden. And there's a panda that goes around eating your bamboo, which I think is why Amanda likes it. Are these like one-time play things, or do you build on what you're playing? Uh, No, these are one-time. You play and then put it away and then play again. So we have done the Legacy games. So we've done Pandemic Legacy Season 1 and 2, and those are a blast, which I would highly recommend them. If, If you can get a group of four people who are invested enough to play continuously, it's an unforgettable experience. 
That's awesome. We did that with AJ and Caitlin. We did both Pandemic Legacy season one and two. Yeah? Yeah. Dude, that's um, – so that sounds fun, but I don't know, man. Never been into it. Have you played Nightmare? Remember that game, Nightmare? Where you, like, uh, you had a VHS tape? <laughs> Wait, you Wait, how old are you? You're younger, I'm 28. Right? You're 28, so you probably missed this. It was a it was a, a horror board game, but it came with a VHS tape that you'd pause and then you'd do whatever and then you'd unpause it and uh, that sounds cool. The sound, yeah. Back in the day, you're like, oh my god, what's going on? There's some demonic possession in my house. It was weird, dude. Yeah, I'm not big into demonic possession. No, not not really, but it was just like an <laughs> evil horror video. I know. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of demonic possessions. No, so <laughs> uh so no, I did we did have a VHS player. I had a VCR. I had uh taped copies of the Star Wars movies. Um and I knew every commercial, like every commercial break, I knew exactly like how long to fast forward to get through it. So, oh, like, oh, snap, snap. I oh, yeah. That. You had, you, so you taped them right off the TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I used to have the two VCR set up where I go rent a movie and then I, uh, I just copy it. Like, yeah, you know, like, like I have that copied. But you know what? I never watched those copied movies. It was like just a thing to go copy it. Like I could rent it, watch it, copy it. But you'd have to copy it in real time. You have to let it play. Yeah. Or, you know. And then you had to rewind the VHS before you took it back. Oh, yeah. Or 50 cents, man. You don't pay that 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, so, like I said, I'm in a PhD program right now, and everyone is younger than I am. So I'm the oldest by probably, like, about five years. Um, and some people are, like, 21. And so there's some things where, like, they just have no, like, concepts of, you know, life before the Internet. Yeah. Or like their first computer was a laptop. I'm like, I had an Apple II. Like, yeah, with the big like, it was just as deep as it was wide. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, the like the screen on my phone is like half as big as my Apple II screen. <laughs> or Amanda and I were talking the other day, so we had some friends over for dinner and to play board games. And Amanda was talking about we were talking the, the next day about Nintendo 64. And Amanda's like, oh, like, do you think they like play the N64? Like, we I used to play Goldeneye and Mario Kart, and I was like, Amanda, the people we had over for dinner last night, they weren't alive when the Nintendo 64 was out. Probably start like PS2. Yeah. <laughs> so like cartridges and blowing in them before you put like in oh, order yeah. to get the to work. Yeah, yeah none shifting of that. it, you shift it back and forth in Nintendo to get it right. Get it right. It's, it, Slam it down. You're like, will this work if I slam it down harder? Push the power button. Man, that was a that was not fun. What was your first console? It was it was a Nintendo NES. Yeah. Do you still have it? No, no. My actually, my mom was married to this guy back then. He bought it. We were barely allowed to touch it. It was like, I wonder how old he was at the time. I have no idea. He's probably like my age now. But he's like, he didn't want us to really touch it. But we we like stay home sick from school sometimes and play it. When he left, he actually, shitty thing is he left with our neighbor. He got married to our neighbor. And let the wow. Away, and he left a Nintendo for us. Nice guy, huh? <clears throat> so that was like my first I mean, that's console. A, that's right a there. consolation prize, yeah. I guess. But, I mean, back then, as a kid, like, oh, Nintendo, do whatever you want. Fuck the neighbor. Lose a dad, gain a Nintendo. <laughs> gain a Nintendo. Lose a stepdad. So he wasn't like my dad or anything. So, <laughs> um, But... Yeah, that was that was from then on. Like I was, I just love video games, and I remember from then it was like arcades were a hit, 
Because back then it was like everybody went to the arcades to play everything. We'd go play Street Fighter 2 all the time. And then KB Toy Stores got a display of the Super Nintendo with Street Fighter 2. And so instead of going to the arcade, we just mm. were going in the store and just huddling around that little kiosk. Nice. Yeah, it was, I was like, free video games, dude. It was amazing. And then finally getting one of those into the house. Like, I could play Street Fighter 2 at home. Oh, dude, it was on, man. How awesome. bad were you at DDR when DDR came to the arcades? I, I never did that. I, I'm, you know, what? I'm, I'm an awkward guy. I'm not going to dance in front of people. Come on. I figured you'd try it at least once. Like, you go when the store, like, just opens, so there's nobody there. <laughs> you just hear all, you know, that's when you could still hear all the, like, the games in their idle mode. You could just hear that, you know, like, I'm going to get on this DDR. No one's around. But no, someone will show up. No, I wasn't into dancing. But I did play Top Skater a lot. Where you like stand Top on the skateboard? Skater. Yeah, it's like a it was like Tony Hawk type of game, but you stood on an actual skateboard. And okay. Two rails, and you could do you do all your moves by you know moving the skateboard. Around. I I had we had, my arcade had one that was a skiing one, so okay. you had like a board that would go back and forth, and then you had two poles. Yeah. And you yeah. had to like push the poles down to like go faster, and then like swerve back and forth on the. I remember the that. Board I to never dodge did them. that, but I do remember that. Yeah. I always thought that I could be good at DDR, and then I tried DDR and realized that no, I cannot. I am way too white to be good at DDR. Uh, no, there's some white people like a dance like a mofo, man. What are you talking about? Like who? Uh, there's people. I've seen all the Step Up movies. Are there white people in the Step Up movies? I think so. Chan Tatum is in there. He's a white guy. Is he? Yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure. I have no <laughs> idea what nationality Chan Tatum is. I just realized. <laughs> He's a white guy, man. I'm, um, I'm going to look it up. Oh, you know, he's a white guy. Chang Tatum. What are you talking about? Uh, I, I, I do have a PSVR and I have um, Beat Saber. That's kind of like dancing. Ooh, I like my PSVR a lot. Uh, have you played Key Talking and Nobody Explodes? No. I've heard uh, somebody so talk good. about it, but what, what is that about, though? You have to literally All keep right. talking? Yeah, uh, Channing Tatum's from Alabama. So, yeah, I guess he's white. White as shit. (laughs) Um, So what it is is one person has the headset on and they can see a bomb in front of them. And the other people have a manual for how to defuse different parts of the bomb. And so the person in the headset has to say, okay, I see a red button, I see a keypad, I see a... Uh, a number pad and I see uh, sh- this thing that has different symbols on it. And the symbols are, you know, a star, a diamond, a square and a smiley face. And so the people on the outside have to look and see, okay, you need to press the whole press and hold the red button for five seconds and then let it go. Or uh, like flip, flick the switches in this order. And so the people on the outside are telling them what to do, but they can't see what the bomb looks like. And so it's this game of constant communication, and the bomb has a timer on it. Do they get visuals on the TV? No, they get nothing. So how, where's the manual come from? So the manual just comes from the internet. So you oh. just go online to the, the game site, and you can uh, download the manual. And so we have a paper copy of the manual, and then also we'll pull it up on our tablets and our phones that's, to use. That sounds super interesting. It's like a super fun asymmetrical multiplayer thing. Like when you're drinking, it gets even more fun because then everybody's shouting and like the person's like, everybody just shut up and tell me which wire I'm supposed to press. I've got to explode. So, How much you ever seen her locker? And so each per, each bomb has different tasks. So some of them will have like you can only if you make one mistake, the bomb blows up 
or it's you know the timer's only a minute long before the bomb blows up and so uh like it gets pretty intense we didn't tell so we played it with my parents uh one time we didn't tell my dad that it explodes if he doesn't get it right oh, he was in, he had the headset on yeah nice. and my dad's like he's 65 oh. and so uh when it exploded he like clutched his chest and i thought we could and he was just like, oh, my. And he, like, pulled the headset off and was, like, freaking out. It was so funny. Oh, dude, you almost lost your dad. Yeah, to a bomb. Damn, you lost your dad to a bomb, man. Can you imagine that? It's like, like, to a bomb. Like, what? No, I mean, it's a video game bomb. <laughs> I would have felt terrible. That, but, uh, but no, the game's super fun, so highly recommend for that for, for PSVR. What else do you got for PSVR? Um, played Super Hot, which is super fantastic. Hot was amazing, yeah. Oh. Um... Uh, is Beat Saber the one where you're on a track? Beat Saber is like, like you have it's light, like light savers. You have light oh, savers no. and you're just hitting blocks and stuff. Um, no, there's one where you're on a track and it's kind of res-esque. Um, Isn't it Res shoot. Infinite or something? No, I do have Res Infinite, but I also have this other one. It's like a, it's like a music rhythm game. Okay. Um, shoot, man, this is going to bug the heck out of me. Oh, so man. I think of it. Um, I have Farpoint, uh, which is what I bought right when I got it, because that came with the cool gun controller. Yeah, I got the gun controller. That was awesome. Uh, I tried Resident Evil for about six seconds and said, hell no, get this away from me, and never went back. <laughs> um, what else? Have you been impressed Honestly, with it, with the VR stuff? I like it quite a bit. I think it's pretty neat. I actually, so I built a gaming PC earlier this year to play The Division and Anthem on with okay. my Destiny Raid group. And so I really want to get like an Oculus Quest now um, and see like how it compares to the v- to the PlayStation VR. But so far I've like, I really enjoy the VR, the PSVR. I've only been able to play, I can play for about an hour before I get a little bit of a headache. <laughs> Yeah, um, but for I the most part, for motion sickness, dude, I got it like really fast in the beginning. Okay. And if you, if I could, when I kept playing and playing it, I would get over it. But it, I haven't played it in a while, so I think I'd probably get sick. Yeah, we can't. Um, so in the UK, the uh, power is different. So everything runs off of. Uh, I think I can't remember. I think it's sixty. No, I think it's two hundred forty volts and sixty hertz is the frequency of the electricity that comes out. Uh-huh. Whereas in America, everything is 120 and 50 hertz. So a bunch of our appliances don't work when we came over here, and the PSVR won't work here. Um, I had to buy a transformer for my TV to work. Oh, wow. um, so that's kind of enormously inconvenient. Um, we had to get like new power cables for the PlayStation and some like converter things for our phones and stuff like that. So that's kind of annoying. Um, but yeah, so we can't use our PSVR here because the um, it can't handle it can take the voltage, but it can't take the um, the hertz different, the frequency difference. Yeah, the quest so. might be good for you then because it doesn't need any of that stuff. Yeah. So I think VR is super cool. Every experience. Have you done? Have you done Hololens? No, that's way out of my hands, man. That's like for the rich folks, man. Isn't it like four thousand dollars? Yeah. So I uh, I went to a space symposium. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Never been to a space symposium. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest. So yeah, for my job before I moved out here, I went to a space have symposium. You ever, it's like saying, have you ever driven a Tesla? No, bro. I mean, have you ever driven a Lamborghini? No, I just I haven't, man. One one of these days, I want to like dress up in my best suit. 
and go to like a place that looks like someone in a suit would go to to buy a car and just test drive something so far out of my price range like it'll never happen. Well, dude, the stuff, but, the knowledge that you have and the way you could talk and just throw words out there that that dealer, that uh, guy working at the dealership has never heard, they're going to let you drive any car you want, man. Like, this guy's dude, look at him, he's super, he's a genius. And I have pretty good credit, so I think I, think I can maybe get away with it. But I want to try that sometime. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so I was at the Space Symposium, and right, so uh, Microsoft was there demoing HoloLens, uh, and it was really cool. They just had a blank table set out in front of us, and it was showing, like, it was like a military application thing, uh-huh. so it was showing, uh, basically, you could see, like, different places that you looked for different parts of the battlefield, and, like, if you looked at, you know... Uh, the tanks, they would tell you what the tanks were and like the, the design specs of the tanks, or you could look at the aircraft and it would show what the different like specs on the aircraft were and identify them for you and troop movements and things like that. It was so cool. Wow. I mean, I remember uh, the demos, man, where it show like a guy working on a sink and you can like go on the internet and download thing and it would highlight like, oh, this is this, this is how you change the sink. And it would give you all these in- instructions like, you know, in, in, in AR, it was just, it looks so neat, man. It was bulky, though. Like, it definitely needs to be... Like, I want elusive man glasses that are, you know, AR-enabled. You like, know we will have it. You just got to wait 20 years, but we will have stuff like that. You know, I wonder about that. So, I'm, I'm a scientist. And people's just faith that science will eventually deliver them everything. I'm just... I'm skeptical of some things. I mean, technology is going to keep going. People... People want to keep making the next and best thing, so eventually we'll have glasses that will have AR. In it. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't see. I just I wonder. Like there are limits, like technological limits that people just don't. Like people, the the average person doesn't understand, and so I wonder. Like at what point are we going to come to a place where it's just like, dude, we nope. have a TVS coming out really soon that rolls up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Dude, that's like a paper-thin TV that comes out of a desk, and then when you push the button, it rolls back into the desk. just rolls up like a poster. Like, if you asked me 10 years if that was possible, I'd be like, no, never. Ever, 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 never. You know, when we used to have four-inch thick TVs that were super thin back then? Yeah. yeah I mean, How I'm do you like, feel about the, that Samsung foldable phone? Well, I mean, that was just a, a mess since it had all, everyone's peeling off screen protector it wasn't a screen screen protector and they're breaking so that's been delayed i don't want that that's two thousand dollars i don't want something that fragile in my pocket what if it was fifty dollars oh fifty dollars yeah i mean i'll take it i (laughs) I mean anybody i mean right now i got i got the samsung s10 it's a nice phone it's thicker than that thing combined with both sides i think and you know this is still a thousand bucks but I'm not, it doesn't fold. I just feel like there's too much room for error there, and I don't have the money to, to want, want those kind of problems. <laughs> more I, money, more problems. Yeah, right? I just bought an OLED, and that thing's super thin. That thing is like maybe an eighth of an inch. Wow. Maybe. Like it's super thin. It's so thin that, I mean, I, t- I bought it. I went down there, picked it up myself, brought it home, and unboxed it myself. And I was scared to death to pull that thing out of the box because 
if I broke it and I had no help, you know, I'm like trying to get this big 65 inch box out by myself and get this TV out and you're trying to get the styrofoam that's on it to hold it and protect it. Dude, I was so scared I'd break it and just be $2,500 out of my pocket, just done right there, you know? $2,500? Yeah, well, it was on sale for 2000 but I, I bought the two-year <laughs> warranty for like 250 plus tax. Dang. Five, yeah. Man, maybe I should start doing floors. No, it's it's just, dude, I'm really good with saving money, but mm. I I just wanted it. Sometimes you got to treat yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, so that's the cool thing about living in the UK is that, like, for the most part, I have, like, what I need in terms of stuff. Like, we have two TVs, like, we have a car, like, our car's paid off. We have, our, like, our furniture situation stable. And so, like, now, basically, the money that we save just goes to going cool places yeah see that's awesome so, i don't go cool places well you should come visit us well i'm gonna go okay this is kind of a cool place well it's not really it's going to the, i'm going to the bay area now june 22nd with my buddy dan ramirez from the heroes of noise podcast he actually lives here in fresno we're gonna meet up drive up to the bay area to meet chris from attention and deficit order podcast and we're going to the wu-tang concert Whoa! That sounds baller. It was cheap as shit too. It was like tw- it was like twenty five dollars for a ticket for to go to Shoreline and get the lawn seats. So we'll just be in the back chilling and having a good time. I get to hang out with some people that I don't normally get to hang out with, but I know them from podcasting pretty good. And um, I've met Dan. We went to a movie once. Um, and- Do you remember when I came to the Bay Area and I texted you and was like, "Hey man, like I came all the way to the Bay Area. Can you meet me? Like I came eighty percent of the way to you. Did you? Like, can you? Yeah. I, I was like, that. hey, you want to drive? You want to drive down? You're like, nah, man, I don't drive. I never said I didn't drive. That didn't happen. Did that happen? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I can't drive that far. I probably couldn't. Uh, I'm not going to be driving. Uh, mm. I'm. Um, I got sleep apnea, so when I drive long ah, distances, I. I immediately get tired so for me to make up here like 30 minutes from here i can do that but to go three hours to the bay area well you think you were in frisco right uh where was i no i was in oakland oh you're in oakland yeah yeah that's that's, a sh- that's shitty sean is shitty man shitty sean <laughs> man, I well I- now now you have a much longer commute to come and say hey but yeah. if you came here we could get you some kidney pie we could get you some puddings Kidney pie, which I hope it's kidney beans. I don't want no kidneys. Take you to the London Dungeon. That sounds amazing. The Tower of London. I mean, There's some cool stuff here. That's good. I mean, you see, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, and I buy an expensive TV every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So whatever. What more can a man need? An expensive TV and a girlfriend. That's all I need. <laughs> a girlfriend that's only here uh, every uh, every. Every couple months, that way I get to play a month of video games, a month of a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, see, once you get married, then you just got to get her to play the same games that you like, she does. and then you're good. We do. We play some games. Uh, like when she's home, we'll play, we'll play online together. Like we played Far Cry New Dawn. Through uh, there's a, actually a new Wolfenstein game coming out, Young Blood. Yeah, it's like the two daughters, right? Yeah. So we've got she got that pre-ordered. We game share, so we get all the same games. We, nice. Digitally. So we're gonna play that co-op. I mean, it works out. Works out good like that. Yeah, it's nice having someone you know. to play with. Yeah, you know. So you grew up, I you're, do know. Your your lady's not like you're playing Destiny again. It's more like you're playing Destiny without me. Yeah, basically, she's like <laughs> super into game. We she uh like 
we bought t-shirts based on like in-game achievements that we did so we got the thorn t-shirts and then like for people who listen to play destiny like we did the gambit stuff and got the gambit jerseys and so now we're like we have matching gambit jerseys awesome dude, so, that's amazing that's fun dude you know what i mean but yeah she gets pissed at me if like if i tell her oh yeah i went and played some played some destiny today. she's like what the hell why didn't you why didn't you invite yeah, me to play what's up man gaming fine i'm right here i'm just a holler away I mean, you know, it, it sucks when you when you when you have a relationship, but then like gaming is your main hobby, but it has nothing to do with your your wife or husband or whatever. And it's just it's something completely different. You can't connect with. They don't understand why you want to play a game for six hours straight. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's amazing when you can blend those together. Well, and like, okay, so I mean, I write novels, right? And so that is a solitary thing. And reading. I like to read. Like, that's a solitary thing. And so finding time when both of you want to do a solitary thing together, like, I think that that is an important part of, like, being able to communicate and be in a healthy relationship is just say, hey, I'm going to go do this thing that doesn't involve you. And she or he says, great, I have my own thing that doesn't involve you. So, like, we can both do this thing that doesn't involve each other together. Like, she'll sit in here and, like, I'm in my kind of, like, library room right now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'll sit on, on, like, the computer and she'll sit on the couch and read and I'll type up my work. Or, like, right now she's up in the office working on her PhD. And so, like, finding the things – you want your Venn diagrams of your relationship to overlap, like, 80-20. So, like, 80% overlap and then 20% is, like, you have your own things. Because if you do everything together, then at some point you're just like, oh, my gosh, like, leave me alone. Oh, for, uh, sure. for sure. And so having things where – like she doesn't necessarily care if like about me reading comics or about any game besides destiny and so like yeah like everybody needs their own hobbies and everybody needs their alone time and i think a big part of growing in a relationship is recognizing that it doesn't mean i want to get away from you it means i have other things that i like and that's okay do you guys ever think about bringing tangent break back we actually were talking about, AJ and I were talking about how we missed podcasting not too long ago. Yeah, it was good stuff, uh, man. I mean, you guys can all do it remotely. Obviously, you're doing it right now. Yeah. I was actually thinking about starting Twitch streaming. Yeah? You got to uh, you you be into it, though. That's the hard thing about streaming is you got to be into it. You got to keep your keep the people watching entertained. That's hard. Well, see, I think I'm going to Twitch stream writing, not gaming, writing. Oh, okay. And so I think I'm going to test run it this so November. So camera on you and you just hear like this? yeah exactly no but like talking through process and plotting and all that kind of stuff um but so every november there's this thing called national novel writing month where you write an entire novel in a month wow and so uh i i've done it a couple times and you average about 2500 words a day um but i think it'd be a cool thing to twitch stream for a month and just say hey like come and write with me like i'm gonna sit here and like talk through my plotting and talk through my process and like you can see the words as they're coming out and it's like if you have questions you can ask how like i'm doing whatever and so do you like, want to write stuff and then also try to follow a chat yeah okay i mean there's nothing to lose man you can just try it out see how you like it it's not like you have to pay to stream or anything Right. right and i think like i think that would be a an interesting niche that i mean i have no idea what the like writing community is on twitch like i haven't looked to see like i know there's a like a lot of artists that will draw on twitch and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but uh 
don't know. It's something that I've kind of just been tinkering around with. Like now Twitch is kind of open. It used to be mostly just video games and podcasts were kind of frowned upon if it was video game related. But now you got podcasts, you have painting, art. I think there's makeup tutorials on there. You know, like you're saying, you do writing. You do a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really no different than YouTube at this point. Yeah. Streaming is like the future, man. That's what kids nowadays... I mean, even my old co-host, Jesus. You know Jesus walks a lot, right? From Horrible Games. He does walk a lot. His uh, daughter is super young, and she like wants to be a streamer. You know, and Jesus started streaming, so he's streaming now on Mixer a lot. And, you know, he's gotten into... He's got the green screen in the background and all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, it's like streaming is like... But the kids nowadays are looking at YouTubers and streamers and like, that's what I want to do. That's what the kids want to do. Yeah. Yeah, my nephew is the same way. Like My, uh, my, my friend Brink... His daughter, oh, how old is she? I think he said his nine-year-old daughter. Just maybe it was his, oh, he, one of his daughters, right? Just just started a YouTube channel. Like, no, 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 wait, wait a minute. You know, you can't just do this. You <laughs> you got to know about this first. She just like started a YouTube channel. I think that's just that's what kids want to do, right? It's at some point it's going to be like kids won't say goodbye to each other. They'll just say like and subscribe. Yeah, and that, then turn that and was walk it. Away like and subscribe. That yeah. Like they just know, like, like, and subscribe, tell your friends. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've watched like three streams in my entire life. Like I just, I don't really get it. Um, no, I don't get it either. Cause, cause when I, when I watch a video game, okay. If, if there's a video game I'm curious about that I haven't seen yet, I might, might hop in and watch 10 minutes of someone playing it, but usually they're not doing anything that interests me, but I'd rather be playing a video game. Right. Yeah, at no point am I going to like my little brother. He watched an entire stream of God of War instead of buying and playing it. Wow! But see, that's also how old is he? He's twenty three. Okay, I was gonna say because a lot of the younger kids I see they may not have the money for a video game, so they'll watch it, which makes sense. As an adult, you have the money for it. You're like, why would I right. watch someone play it if I can just buy it? Well, and I think it might be at this point too where. Like my time is almost more valuable to me than my money at yes, this point. Yes. Like I'm not necessarily living paycheck to paycheck. Like I have a little bit of a cushion. And so like what I spend my time doing, that is the real like value to me of my life because time is a, is way more finite of a resource than anything else I have. Mm-hmm. And so every day when I come home from work, it's like, okay, I have six hours to you know, cook and make dinner and smoke with my wife and like, what else do we want to do? And, you know, if we want to go out and do something like, okay, that's, that's fine. But now I think a lot more about the opportunity cost of time than I ever did when I was younger. Yeah. I, I see that too. Cause sometimes you, you want to see how much time I invest in this, right? You might see, you might hear everybody talking about this TV show and you might invest 10 20 hours watching a season right but if, if it's yeah. like not great for you do you keep pushing through and you're just you're really just wasting your time right if you're not totally into it you're like oh people say it's good but i don't like it do i spend 10 hours of my life just watching the show that people say is great is it, or is it just a waste yeah or like reading a book i if i start a book it is so hard for me to stop reading it even yeah. if it's terrible. So do you do a lot of research on what books to read then first? Because I'll do it with video games. If I start a video game, i got to keep playing until the end. So I'll do a lot of research sometimes to know if that game is the one for me. Because I don't want to start it and not finish it. 
Yeah, I do. And th- like that's one of the reasons why Sekiro has been so annoying to me because I love the Souls games. Like I've played and beaten all of the Dark Souls games. I played Demon Souls, I played Bloodborne, and Sekiro just has not clicked with me at all. But you're playing. Like but I am playing it and but I am like hitting wall after wall after wall and like right now I've put it down and I haven't played it in 2 weeks. How much time do you have into it? Um 15 to 20 hours. Okay. And so I'm like not even that far into it because I just like it's just something about the timing of the combat and the rhythm of the combat. It just I I'm just not getting it's just it. Foreign. This doesn't feel like what you're used to, right? You expect right. you're expecting Dark Souls. Or even Bloodborne. Like Bloodborne was a much faster game and like the pace of it was different, but I was able to find the rhythm of the combat in Bloodborne. But I just never have been able to do that so far in Sekiro. Which makes me sad because like so finally I was just like I've been there's a big Dark Souls streamer named Vati Vidya who does a bunch of lore stuff for the Souls games. And so I had a lore video of his about Sekiro saved. And so finally, two weeks ago, I just put Sekiro down. I was like, I just might never finish this. Because it wasn't only that the combat wasn't clicking, it was also the world. Like, I just didn't find didn't find the world to be super interesting. And so I pulled up this Vadi video video about the lore, and I watched it for 30 seconds. It was like, okay, that's awesome. Like, I just need to play a little bit more to get to, like, the really cool stuff. And so I think I'm close to getting to the really interesting stuff. I've never been just... into that torment kind of video game stuff. You got to torment yourself to get it. Like, you know, it's just the difficulty, man. I don't, I don't. I want to have fun. And see, like the feelings of elation that you, that I get when I do beat a difficult boss in the Souls games, yeah, are beyond anything I get in any other game. I, I see that. I see that. You got. If you want to keep pushing, I'll get to. I got to like the first big boss thing and. In Bloodborne, and I tried it like two or three times, and I just didn't know what to do. And I was like, "I'm done," and I just never played it again. You never played past the first boss. No, there's like, well, I got down that street, up this bridge thing, and there's like this big enemy, and I didn't know. Yeah, what the cleric, was. the cleric beast. I didn't know what to do, so I tried that like two times or three times, maybe, and I just, I'm done. It's just this that that isn't for me. The funny part of that is that boss is optional. You don't have to beat oh that boss. God, yeah. <laughs> but I remember that street. So all I remember of that game is that street. There's like to the right, there's a guy who breaks through that fence. Rah, and then you go up that street, you fight up that street. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Those games are, they're just not for me. Cause I don't want to do the all, I don't mind long checkpoints, but those are long checkpoints. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get all the way up that street, but all those enemies do this thing, get to a certain point. Like that's not for me. Yeah. I guess it is, angry, man. I, I don't get, frustrated i get angry like mad angry mm. like someone just yeah. broke into my house and stole my xbox and ran off with it have you ever broken a controller no i've i've never i don't usually get i got close playing guacamelee <laughs> but guacamelee yeah i was getting frustrated with that there's too much going on i was like ah the jaguar i feel like i had trouble with the jaguar guy i don't even remember i just remember a lot of hard shit <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I've never broken anything, but I do get... There are some times where I'm just, like, so, so mad. And I'll just, like... I have, I'll just punch a pillow. Do you play stuff on hard difficulty? Normal difficulty? I always play on one difficulty setting above normal. Okay. 
I feel like that has always been kind of my sweet spot. So like playing Halo, it was always legendary. It wasn't heroic. Playing Gears, it was always, you know, right above. And so like I feel like that is always the that's pretty much always the sweet spot for me in terms of a challenge without being a frustration. Yeah, but of course in the Souls yeah. games there is no difficulty. It's just some survival games are like hard difficulties, like The Last of Us. Uh, Tomb Raider. I feel like having a hard difficulty feels more involves the story more. Like you're trying to survive in areas that yeah. you don't know. You know, um, Uncharted. Like I want to bump that difficulty up because it's gonna feel more authentic to the story. Are you gonna play Death Stranding on hard? You know, I haven't even watched the new trailer, but I've heard a bunch about it, and it seems trippy. So I got I gotta watch the trailer. I'll probably do that after I get off this. Yeah. I have not played a single Metal Gear game. It's like a huge blind spot for me. I've played half of Metal Gear Solid F- Metal 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 Gear Solid Five, and it was really really cool. But when I was like sixty hours in, and I realized I hit chapter two, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was it's like, like nope, wow. can't do it. I didn't know this game was that big, and it comes up and it says chapter two, and I'm like, really? I've been playing for sixty hours. Like, I sh- maybe I shouldn't have been doing so many sides things. That's always my problem with open world games is the balance between the side stuff and the main stuff. Yeah. I never know what what balance I should strike. I think you would like Wolfenstein too, man. It, it's kind of challenging, but it's really it, – the story is is amazing. It sounds bananas in yeah, the best bananas. way. It's bananas. Have you played Nier uh, um, Automata? Automata? No, I also want to play that oh, too. Yeah. Solely based on the giant bomb guys. Well, like, that's got to be one of, one of my favorite games. That's in my top three of all time. The story wow. and stuff, I think you'd really, really dig it. You got to play. What are your other top three? Um, I'd have to. Okay, that's automatically mm-hmm. in there. It's just because it does stuff other video games have not done ever. But I, I don't know. Bi- Bioshock Infinite, and it's gonna be hard, man. Either it's gonna be one of the Mass Effect games, or it's gonna be I don't know that third spot we go to, or uh, The Last of Us. Wow. Newer games, man. Yeah. I don't really Anyways, have Nier... too, many, too many fond memories with a lot of the older games. Near Automata, worth playing? Yeah, dude. Well, it's in my top three. No, it's garbage. <laughs> dude, It's it's got the coolest story ever, man. You're into stories and stuff. You love it. It's an open world-ish, but it doesn't... It's not where it gets overwhelming. It's not really a really big area. It's just the story is crazy good, man. You got to play three through it three times, but it's not three times you're playing the same game. I heard ending E is the best one. I don't know which ones they were, but there's a lot. I mean, there is cool stuff, man. It is. Okay. Play it. All right. Oh, if you play I anything, will... play that. Sean, how about this? I will make an effort. I will play through Nier Automata and... We will do a f- follow-up podcast about Nier Automata. <laughs> I've already done a couple of them, but I'll be down. I'll be down to hear right. your thoughts because you can focus and pay attention to more stuff. So you catch way more than I do. I started my second playthrough of it, and I played through one one time through, and I got more out of it that time. It was it's it's so good, dude. How long is the first playthrough? Forty. No, no, you can do all three in like forty. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Sold. If if you really want to spend your time and do all the side stuff, you can. Some of it's really good. Um, I think my first playthrough I did a lot was maybe 
20 hours, 25 hours. It's really if you're spending your time with it. But the second okay. time, you'll just want to go through it quicker. Third time is like all new content. So it's different. It's really unique, man. It's really okay. Unique. Yeah. Yeah, I like it when I get recommended. I don't have a lot of friends that play games besides just like my Destiny raid group. And so we just kind of like we went from Destiny to Anthem to Division and now back to Destiny. And so like those are just like games of service people. And yeah. so I don't have a lot of people to give me game recommendations besides like, again, the Giant Bomb crew. Like that's my like video game people. Uh, and so like what I hear from them, but obviously that's not a conversation. That's just me listening and watching whatever their content is. And so when I get people passionate about a certain game, like I always want to check it out. So, all right, yeah. near. Yeah. Check it all, out. All the humans take off to the moon and you're like an Android going back down to, 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 uh, to earth to check shit out. Dude, it's really, oh, you're, it's a, it's Wally. You're well, not really. You're a badass ninja woman, Android. <laughs> way better <laughs> so you're eva <laughs> yeah i know um kira buckland she she actually voices the the voice of tubi and she does such a good job man you just the characters in it, you you like them it's so all right it's not even it's, it's a, not even a super pretty game it's kind of fugly in some parts but it, it, it makes sense because earth is torn apart and yeah trash. it shouldn't be pretty yeah it shouldn't be pretty okay well, cool. All right, so well, I will go and buy it right now. Yeah, well, well, we can wrap this up, man, so you can get to your church thing here in an hour and a half. Cool, man. Yeah, but this was fun. It's been you, way too you, long. Do you remember the the uh, the old uh, format of getting out of here? Uh, I remember the format of coming in, but we didn't actually do that. <laughs> we're gonna do that. At, we're gonna do that in a minute, right after we do this. Ready? Okay. Let's get to the wrap up. Hey, yo, Freeman. Yo, what's up, Iams? Dude, what's left to do? I don't know, man. Wrap it up, son. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Wrap it up, man. Give people plugs. What do you want? Mention your book titles again. Where people can see that stuff. I mean, everything, man. Yeah, so weirdly, I have a ton to, to plug. So um, my third book, Dreaming of Daylight, is launching at the end of this week. So uh, it, it has to go through Amazon certification process, but then oh, you can buy it cool. for, for Kindle and a paperback copy. Um, so uh, my first book is called Twilight of Ages, then Dawn of Darkness, and finally Dreaming of Daylight finishes that up. And you can read all of my gaming content at lordsofgaming.net. I do mostly Destiny content, but also... Uh, we're going to have a ton of content up there for E3 and uh, just some other, other random stuff. So, yeah, check me out. You can follow me on Twitter at Joshua Redding. I don't tweet too much, but I'll probably be tweeting a lot in the next few weeks just uh, dealing with my book and stuff. So, yeah, that's that's me. That's you, man. You busybody over there and doing your uh, Britain thing. Trying, man. Hustling. When are you going to start, you know, start growing with the accent? No, I'm not even gonna try it. It's 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 really bad. You don't even say mate a lot. Uh, I say cheers. Cheers. I like that. I love cheers, man. It's like cheers works for for multiple things. I think. Yeah. Hey, Sean. What's up? You all right? Uh, I was gonna say I couldn't remember what it was. You all right? All right. All right. All right. All right. All right, Josh, this has been awesome. But you guys could find me on Twitter at awkward underscore podcast. I have a personal Twitter as well at they call me Imes. If you guys want to play some video games, you can hit me up. They call me Imes is my gamer tag on pretty much everything, uh, except for Switch, which is a weird code thing of a bother. I, I, they really need to change that. Nintendo's slipping with, the, with their online game. Um, 
You can find me on the Hush Your Face Network, along with the, lots of other cool, awesome shows. And you can do some other things, like go over to YouTube, find me there. I, I, I shouldn't even promote that. I don't even upload stuff to YouTube. I'm sorry. And Instagram, <laughs> Horribly Awkward Show. I'm on Facebook, and uh, drop me a voicemail if you want, 510-600-3475. I don't get a lot of voicemails, I'm not sure why, but I did get one the other day from a lady speaking in Chinese, and it must have, she must have been like, what is this? Like, why am I leaving a voicemail? She left a whole voicemail in a different language. It was Japanese or Chinese. I'm sorry, I'm not smart enough to figure the difference, but she must have thought she was leaving like a relative or a voicemail or something. You should still play it. I should. I think I deleted it though. I was like, oh, ah. it, was an, it was an accident. Um, you guys can send me an email at horriblyawkwardpodcast at gmail.com. Do all that stuff. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Sean. It's been fun. Smart guy. So, only on the weekdays. Uh, as Gidget would say. That's not good enough. As Gidget would say. Like that, Josh. He's not Brussels sprouts. Hey, it's the S to the M and the L to the Issa. Slammer games in the house, so drop your listen. Poor with glee, backward cock flash. Merrily sock, bird telling cat. Destiny doctor down cat. Callously squandered lamb. Heavenly slaughtered broadcast. It's the horribly awkward podcast. Hello, hello. My name is Sean, and Horribly Awkward is my name. Sean is the name, Horribly Awkward is the game. Josh Redding, man. rapping? Main? Josh Redding, man? Main? Well, shit, man. You want to just jump into it? Yeah, ready when you are. I got all sorts of stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. That's a Horribly Awkward show. Your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears, bringing fresh funky pods with a fresh funky beat. A family of pods that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us, sick ass pods that'll make you hush. www. Hush your face. www. Hush your face. www. Hush your face. 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 Hush your